We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Today's read, Midnight, a gangster love story by Sister Soldier. Chapter 41, Gain. Friday, I felt powerful, well-rested, and optimistic. I raised up early, showered, and then placed my head to the floor in prayer. When I walked past Akimi's family store, the metal gate was only halfway up. All day long working at Cho's, I looked out for Akimi. By noon, Cho's store was crowded with customers. From noon to two, I watched for her to do her sneak walk by. By 3 p.m., quitting time, I felt bad that she didn't show. Of course, I wanted to rush into her uncle's store, charge into the back room and grab my girl and dash out their door and never return, but I knew better. My one big fuck up, the beatdown and bruises, had placed her family ahead of me in some way. I wouldn't worry. She said she loved me, and I knew she did. Tomorrow, I told myself, she'll show tomorrow. We'll go see the house together, Uma, Akimi, Naja, and me, inshallah. Locking my apartment door, leaving Uma and Naja and my longing for Akimi on the inside, I made my way to the game. Now, it was about total concentration. of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. A sold-out concert. That's what the park was like. All the spaces and seats on the outdoor bleachers were taken. On both sides and down front, as far as they could reach without interfering with our game, the fans stood shoulder to shoulder. Real hustlers in new rides parked all around the perimeter. Little boys, preteens waiting for their chance to rock and shine, hung from the fences like monkeys so they could see past all the adults who wouldn't let them squeeze in. Everybody was cleaned up nice, like a fashion show. The models and the onlookers. There was music, all kinds of music, none of it official by a hired out DJ. 
Instead, it was one man's musical tastes battling the next man's musical taste. No one was selling franks or peanuts and popcorn like the garden, but people were brown bagging beers. The smell of herb made ghetto clouds and the females were swinging hard because they smelled money. Coach Vega was amped all the way up like a coke fiend, but he was drug free and hell bent on his squad making him look good. It was the first time we ever seen him not wearing anything with the color red in it. He was dressed up more so for the after party or in his mind, the victory celebration. He had enough cologne on for all the dudes seated in the first row of both bleachers. I swear I doubted this cat had ever played basketball himself, but he was three parts, passion, personality, and style. And for whatever it was worth, he made every member of our team feel like he gave a fuck for real. We warmed up. The red team showed up looking like a bunch of niggas in a lineup. They had 11 players, not 12, and about 75 people trailing behind them going nowhere. Because there wasn't no more seats available. Their rowdiness caused a melee. It took about five to seven minutes to clear it up. Amir was in the middle of everything. All I could think was, that's all he needed. These people are like gasoline to his match. And he was loving it. I slapped myself in the head to draw me out of friendship mode. I came to play. I came to win. And somebody had to leave defeated. No doubt. After the first quarter, I had the whole schematic figured out. Based on Amir's funny stories about his teammates, I pegged who didn't like who, who was hogging, who was hating, and so on. In our huddle, I put Panama up on the setup. I would take care of their captain, Amir. He would check their number two man, specialist, and we would leave their man noodles wide open because he was no good. Panama accepted the plan, then told me he was going to break their sensor's eyeglasses because he couldn't see without them. Then we would have two men on the court that posed no problem at all. Vega paced, but didn't interfere. The crowd hung on our every move. A lot of showboating went down, but by the end of the game, it was 87 to 69, our favor. Panama accidentally broke the glasses and pulled down 28 points. I pulled down 34. The rest of our team stepped up and did their thing as well. We got some instant cheerleaders stomping on the court. Female teens made up a team song on the spot with their t-shirts flipped over and pulled down to make halter tops, tight jeans, cutoffs, and miniskirts. They cheered and bounced for us the hook ringing ringing throughout the park. Cause we're black, hey, and we dominate, whoa. Cause we're black, hey, and we dominate, whoa. Cause we're black, hey, and we dominate, whoa. Vega had us in a tight pack. He was trying to set up the after celebration, but cats were telling him they wanted to scoop up the girls and go their separate ways. Panama leaned on cats that we could scoop up the girlies tomorrow at the jam. It should just be the fellas tonight. I was looking over towards the red team. They were in the process of blaming one another and fucking each other up before they even got all the way off the court. Amir wasn't running no risks. 
He was off to the side, had his arms around two girls and his back towards me. I told my team, we did good, but this wasn't even officially game one. We got to keep the pressure on him. On who, Mateo, one of our team members asked me. On every team we play, I answered, feeling the rush of adrenaline. Vega threw his arm around me. Vega, me, and the whole team walked. I told the coach I had to go to work early in the morning so I had to break out. It didn't help my story that Bangs was standing beneath the lamppost in a sparkling white tee that said midnight in big, bold, blue letters plastered over her 34Ds. Panama looked, smiled, and said, I see where you headed. And I understand, he laughed, his gold frames around his white teeth standing out. I walked over to Bangs. I would have been crazy not to. I can't believe you're standing still, I said. I got three minutes before I start running, she smiled now, shifting her pretty legs back and forth and her deep dish dimples spread. I know you're going to walk me home, right? She smiled again. Of course, I told her, bouncing my ball. Did you tell your girlfriend about me? She asked. What's there to tell? I teased. Don't break my heart, she said. And when you smile, look the other way. My eyes and my heart can't take it. She placed her hand on my face and mushed it in the other direction away from her. What you want to do, Bangs? I asked her, stupidly believing that if I stepped up, she would take some steps back. I want to do whatever you do, and she said and smiled again. You should see me at my house, laying on my bed, wondering where you're at and why you ain't calling and what you're doing now and who you're doing it with. She would pull on a new finger with each question she was wondering about. Don't you have anything better to do, I asked her. Nothing that I really want to do, she answered. We arrived at her door. You coming in, right? She asked. Oh, no, I got to go. I got to work in the morning, I told her. I walked off, hard as a brick. The urge within me was growing stronger every day. It was the adrenaline from the training and the sports, the hordes of girls, the cheering, and the encouragement. My mind switched to what was real. Every day, I was yearning for Akimi. I might not have said it aloud, but I really wanted to touch and feel her womb with my fingers, with my tongue, my dick. I didn't want nothing in between me and her flesh. No rubbers, no plastics, no creams, no patches, no pills, just natural, body to body. I wanted to be all over her, and I wanted her all over me as her body flowed into some of those hot-ass yoga positions. Late night, I listened for Akimi's voice on the voicemail. It wasn't there. Instead, aside from our regular and new business customers, both Sudana and Amir called. Good game, Amir said when I called him back. Man, you gotta get those knuckleheads on your team to knuckle down, I told him. Them motherfuckers is embarrassing, Amir said. Never in my life. Yeah, but you the captain. You gotta provide the leadership. You conquering them instead of building them up. You right. I gotta go, man. Check you Monday night. I got a slimmy on my side, he said. 
Saturday, there was no Akimi in sight. I was feeling miserable now. It had been seven days and six nights, and I couldn't hear a word from her. I called her house knowing her uncle wasn't home and therefore wouldn't pick up her phone. I knew he was right down the street in his store. Her phone rang and rang and rang. I called her cousin's house knowing I shouldn't, but I did anyway. Is Akimi there? I asked. No, she doesn't live here, as you know, her cousin said smartly. I took a deep breath knowing that I wouldn't get nowhere fighting the cousin, so I tried to be easy. Listen, I know you're mad with me, but I really love Akimi. I just want to tell you, I just want you to tell me if she's okay and what's happening. That's it. She's okay, the cousin said, softening a bit. I didn't respond. I figured I'd give her space to talk if she was willing. She's locked up in her art studio. There's no phone in there. She's mad at all of us. Because of you, the cousin said. She fights for you, you know. And she is in so much trouble. What kind of trouble, I asked, really concerned. It doesn't matter. If you really love her as you say, you'll leave her alone. She has work to do. She has to finish up her projects for the show, she said. It's a big deal, you know. You act like it's nothing but it's everything to her father. So that's what you decided, huh? I asked. I decided, she asked. Yeah, you're the one making all the decisions. You're the one speaking to everybody. Me, Akimi, all the families. You're in control. I see that now, I said, leaning on her. Oh, believe me, Akimi does whatever she wants to do. She knows where you are, doesn't she? If she's not coming around, maybe she doesn't want to anymore, her cousin said, sounding pissy. You got it, I said. My bad. Sorry to bother you. Later. I hung up. 